0: We hold these truths to be self evident, that all men are created equal. But today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. We're
1: bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey.
0: Earth is that? It's a journey into comics network production!
1: Went forward in time to view alternate futures, to see all the possible outcomes of the coming conflict. How many did you
0: see? 14,605. How many
1: did we win? One. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Journey Into Comics, the podcast that's dedicated to everything nerd, with your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips, and introducing his new co-host, Tyler McLaughlin. You should have gone for the head. What's up ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of journey into comics it's journey into comics 280 I am your host Nate today joining me back as always the Dormammu of worlds the podcasting world eater the greatest (laughs) of all time welcome back Tyler Um,
0: hello I'm, I'm sorry for anyone that enjoys listening to my incoherent ramblings um Work has gotten in the way of recording at a decent time the last couple weeks for Nate and I, so Nate's had to rock it solo.
1: I I rock it solo okay sometimes. I mean, that's a little bit uh, TMI, I guess, but uh, as far as podcasting is concerned, you know, (laughs) it's kind of you not... It was quick. It's subtle, I know. But, like, you Uh not being on a show... Allows me to flex a muscle that sometimes I forget I have mm-hmm. because when this all started way back in the day to reminisce as I'm known to do, it was just me, you know? Right. And there's a certain vibe and energy about holding a conversation for other people with yourself about things. And I like doing it from time to time because it does, like, remind me, okay, I'm not, like, totally stupid and don't have to, like, if everyone else fell off the face of the earth, I can still podcast. That's the kind of how I look at it, you know? hmm
0: well and I've told you and I've told you in the past too, like when 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 Brandon left the show and you know you had that six eight month time span where you know you had some guests on every now and then, but you primarily did the show by yourself and it, it it's not um nothing against the original format of the show where it was you and Brando, but some of your individual episodes during that time span, I think were. Were the best episodes ever on JIC, just because Damn. you were because you were very focused. You had, you didn't have to think for two people and anticipate when someone else was going to say anything. And like especially big news coverage stuff, you just here it is. Uh, let's let's knock the door off this house and and see what's inside. And I. I think that you have, you are way better at soloing a podcast than I am because my brain, like, you know, like multiverse theory, right?
1: Sure. Yeah, totally. I love the multiverse theory. Okay. My
0: brain is like its own self contained multiverse because I'm having 9 million uh, to the like umpteenth power conversations at the same time. And there's sometimes when I'm recording by myself, it's like okay, I'm gonna talk about this next, and you know I'll have a little outline. Just I, I like to keep it loose. I don't really like to, to um, structure uh, like a like a. I don't like to script a show. I, I feel like for podcasts in general, unless that is actually your your art style, like an audio drama or something like that. I think the people that that script a podcast are really doing the listeners a disservice because the best conversation comes when it's free form anyway, when you get off the rails and you have fun and you know, you make uh fucking dirty jokes like right in the middle of, of me saying something serious. And then I fucking cackle for 10 minutes. it (laughs) It might, it might not be, it might not be the most fun to listen to for that short period of time, but it's, it's the most enjoyable to record anyway. Yeah so. man uh, I li-
1: I like free form I think that you know you said something very prominent about it being someone's art style to produce or release podcast differently mm-hmm. kind of like okay so i'm not dogging i don't want to dog on anybody this is just a light critique i'm not going to bring up the podcast name because I think that's rude but somebody who i'm friends with recently was like hey i just guessed it on a show you should check this shit out and tell me what you think or whatever and i was like okay cool it's not their show they have nothing to do with it they were just a guest mm-hmm. and i i listened in to about the first 15 minutes and it was the driest stale fucking toast podcast i've ever listened to wow like It's Okay, it's one thing, like, I try to, when when our show starts, I bring energy, you know, I'm like, hey, what's up everybody, we're here, it's like kicking the door in, because it's fucking exciting, the music hopefully has got you a little bit amped, and you hear Thanos' fucking snap, and then my voice kicks in, but this was like, I'm I'm just, I'm gonna just do like, an example, it's not actually their intro, but it was like, welcome to the Bland Toast podcast, (laughs) today on Bland Toast. We'll be talking about different kinds of butter on the Bland Toast podcast. And I'm like, bro, your lack of energy makes me not interested. Yeah. Because I don't think you care about your show. And then, like, it's crazy, though, because once the conversation started, it was better. Mm-hmm. But their presentation was like, I don't know about that. Well, um, there's,
0: a lot, there's a lot to be said about presentation, too, because... You know, especially on this show, there's times where you and I talk about the most redundant, irrelevant, fucking, like, one in a million chance bullshit, and then Blaine or somebody will will message us, or, or, you know, my friends that listen to the show will be like, hey man, I really liked your guys' show last night. And it's like, well, we just, we literally fucked off for like an hour, and then talked we were serious for like 30 minutes and then we shut it down. But it's all, it's all about what people like too, because I almost guarantee you that if Ben Stein, uh, the Mr. Clear eyes and Bueller man did a podcast. Ben Stein, Yeah. I bet if he did a podcast, people would listen to it.
1: You know what's fucked up, bro? I like want to say he might actually have or have had a little podcast. No fucking way.
0: I got to look this up. I got to look it up.
1: Yeah, R&D department needs to look that shit up. While you're looking that up, I'm going to bring up a little thing, network-related news that I feel is good to okay. talk to our listeners earlier in the podcast. It's only six minutes in, so we still have their attention. They haven't drifted into oblivion or smoked themselves asleep. Um, listen, guys, I put in like 45, 50 hours of work on the journey into comics.com. So on the browser on your computer on your phone if you have desktop mode now you can look at the archives of the network as a whole that's everything that's every show we've ever released or produced is there any special shows we've done that are one-offs are easily accessible now you don't have to go through thousands of podcasts because we have a, a thousand podcasts on the feed now You don't have to scroll through those to find shit. Now, you have an easy map. It'll take you to it. You can click on shit. It's really user-friendly. Any show you've ever listened to on our network, you can now very quickly find by accessing our archives to the right-hand side on desktops at journeyintocomics.com or, again, on phones if you have the desktop mode option. Yeah. Yeah. That's been crazy. Did we find out if Steins of Beniness had a podcast? So I don't
0: from my, my quick R and D uh dive, it doesn't appear that he has his own podcast, but he has guested on a lot of podcasts.
1: That Kimmy, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, because I I know I've seen his name pop up a couple times. Just like, man, get him on fucking uh Rogan on Rogan. Yeah. And Rogan would be like, "Here's Ben Stein. You need some. You need to get some dry red eyes, bro."
0: Well, and it's like, you know, I introduced Blaine um, to an episode of Rogan last year, and I think you and I have had this conversation a little bit a few times. But there is a, a scientist named Paul Stamets. And yeah, Paul Stamets is a yep.
1: mycologist.
0: Yep. So I I was just browsing uh, Rogan one day, and I don't. I don't really care for the Rogan that is like comedians or like celebrities. I want to get like the scientists and the doctors, and I, I want the I want the big brain shit, right? Yes. So so I saw I, I'm browsing this this uh, Rogan feed at work, and, and the guy that I was working with is also into the big brain shit. He's like, hey, you need to listen to the the episodes with Paul Stamets on them. And he kind of explained like Stamets' background and the things that they talk about. And I was like, shit, yeah. So I listened to those. And then Blaine was, him and I had talked about Rogan a little bit. And I was like, hey, here is the hot take. If you're only going to listen to 10 episodes of Rogan, these are the 10 people that you need to listen to. Because their stories are incredible. They're very informative. And they're fun to listen to. But if you if you pull up that Paul Stamets episode, the first one, he is almost like a Ben Stein speaker. You know, he is not. It's he. <clears throat> he might use some grandiose verbiage and and, and, and and really articulate things, but it's like he's pretty monotone. Doesn't really get super excited. But it, it's the content contained therein that that makes that episode exciting. And then, you know, you have the the normal Joe Rogan ooze and ahs and and you know his production value of. Um, you know oh shit that's crazy man you want to see this chimpanzee beat a man to death it's yeah. like you know you know how rogan is so i mean you got to take that with a grain of salt too because he's trying to make money um but yeah not everybody has to be uh the most entertaining speaker in the world i know for a fact i am not um you just got to find entertaining shit to talk about i
1: guess substance over style bro yeah you got it yeah perfect uh I will say the Paul Stamets episode's absolutely fantastic because it again proves the wild wacky world that is uh herbal medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh Paul Stamets you know the long ago days ago used to have a really bad stutter when you talk about how he doesn't talk with a lot of energy or crazy uh inflection in his voice and he's very chill and monotone. It's awesome that he can talk normal at all because right. he at one point couldn't and used uh, psilocybin mushrooms and a, uh, ch- a trip, that's hard to say, psilocybin <laughs> mushrooms and a trip up a tree with a lightning storm Yeah, to cure his fucking stutter, which is yeah, crazy what, to me.
0: What an incredible story. I mean, like, it's one of those stories where you're like, okay, I don't necessarily believe that this is true, but, you know, you watch his body language and the things that he says, and it's like, this guy fucking, you know... Tripped balls and climbed a giant ass tree in a lightning storm, and now he doesn't stutter anymore. So that shit's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> yes, I mean <laughs> yes, absolutely. You
0: gotta you gotta say it plain. I mean the shit's cool
1: when it works. Uh, yeah, man. It, and it's really crazy how they explain. You know, um, a lot of people who I know who have done the psilocybin thing will say like, because I've not done that, and I, mm-hmm. they'll say like, hey. You, uh, if you go in and you have something that's like internally wrong, like you actually have an ailment, or something that is permanently like for me, example, if I were to do psilocybin mushrooms, my intention going in would be whatever I find here is gonna stop my migraines permanently. Correct. And you can fucking rewire your brain because the psilocybin does poison you, but it also opens up the synapses in your brain as a whole to talk to each other and fire in ways they never have before.
0: Neurogenesis. it, re- it you. Re- it remaps, um, it remaps the, the synapse network in your brain to be more efficient.
1: Boom. Home run. It's, and it's like, man, you know, and it's crazy. I think Denver just legalized it as medical... Like they can now treat people with PTSD and stuff with medical psilocybin mm-hmm. because it is effective in rewiring your brain and whatnot. Correct. Uh, that 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 is uh, the great next frontier, I think, in the world. I think once the um, prohibition of cannabis is over and the world is moving in a more forward direction uh, for progress and and unity that we will find that's the next frontier everybody jumps on like, oh well, you can have psilocybin edibles now, but you absolutely cannot drive on psilocybin. Don't right. try it. <laughs> I, I think you
0: know? that one will be a little bit tougher of a hurdle to get over. I think that one will be more more commercialized where you can get you can get um, almost like uh, medical medical marijuana. You can get this if you have this ailment and you're prescribed it by a doctor and I think as much as I would like everything to be recreational within reason um, you know, if if it stops at medical, I think that's still, that's still enough progress and it's enough, it's enough movement in the right direction that, that it would be enough. You know what I mean?
1: Well, yeah. And and, and we're already seeing the stigmatization of that, you know, drug and I think drug culture as a whole has changed because I think now people are like, listen, if you do recreational drugs and I'm not soliciting or suggesting people do that, but like uh, you do cocaine, sure, you're a party or whatever. That's your fucking high, man. I get it. But like the bigger epidemic in our country isn't those kind of people. It's the people that are at home killing themselves with thirty, forty, fifty Vicodin a day. Correct. And um, that's a real, genuine problem that is a drug, at the heart of the word, problem. Uh, so I feel like, at some point, hopefully, our nation can get our brains together here and uh, look at the situation and be like, oh, shit. Like, we need to focus on eliminating opioids and then taking these herbal, non-dangerous drugs you know, uh, Drugs or medicines, however you want to look at it, from the mushroom to the to cannabis plant or whatever, and and finding a way to help our people. Because if everybody was on a higher level of thinking together, and we were all kind of on the same page, there would be possible global unity, honestly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree with it.
1: But, oh, it's fucking weird, man. Life is strange. Also, to quickly mention, you said, Rogan, a couple of my favorite episodes... From Joe Rogan's podcast, Megan Phelps Roper. That's She's a good one. Gra- She's the granddaughter of the guy who created the Westboro Baptist Church. She got out. It's a fucking amazing story. Mm-hmm. I cannot think of his name. I I want to say it's Dave or it's something with a D. But L. Ron Hubbard's brother.
0: Mm, uh, okay.
1: L. Ron Hubbard, the guy that created Scientology, his brother got out, and talks about like what's still going on. And another one that's great, Leah Remi. Yes, uh, that's the
0: one I was one of the ones I was going to recommend.
1: Uh, it's weird, man. For some reason, I'm really, really, really into learning about people's like religious traumas, and uh, those podcasts shed an ungodly amount of light on the insanity that is religion as a whole.
0: Well, and not and and specifically Scientology, like you go you go diving into like how how uh jacked up religion religion is as a whole it's bad across the board every religion is is awful you know religions
1: bad okay
0: and then you look at you look at scientology and it's like wow man these these people are insane
1: uh speaking of insane scientologists please tell me you've heard of the drama with scientologists that is in the news recently yes with Mars Volta at the Drive-In's lead singer. Mhm. Dude. <laughs> like I don't even know if I want to talk about it cuz I'm like afraid they're going to Scientology's going to find us. Mhm. But that's a fucked up thing, man. Danny Masterson allegedly killed these people's dogs, poisoned two of them or had people poison their dogs in uh, mm-hmm. response to retaliation of this at the drive in lead singer uh Mars Volta lead singer guy's wife alleging that Danny Masterson raped her.
0: Yeah, it's fucked uh, up, man.
1: Man. Uh, I know somebody who was in the Church of Scientology, and yeah, that place is fucked up. <laughs> Not cool. Uh, but, anyways, TY, my, my dude. man my man let's get some old news out of the way before we get some new news out of the way a couple episodes ago okay so since you've been gone and that's uh i can't remember who sang that song kelly clarkson or something kelly clarkson or yep kelly clarkson yeah, there we go for a thousand uh anyways since you've been gone from the podcast i've talked about two things one of which i don't know if you've seen so if not all what we can discuss this later at a later date but Uh, I know you've seen the Morbius trailer, and I'm just really curious to get your take on this uh, surprising Sony picture.
0: It, okay, so I watched it as it premiered. I was on, I was on break at work. I just happened to be on break, and I got a notification on my phone that said, hey, the new more the Morbius trailer just dropped and I was like okay this this has got to be clickbait it's like a fucking teaser no way this is a full length trailer and I pulled it up and I watched it and I watched it three times in a row to see yeah. to see if there was anything I could miss or anything that I had missed and what an incredible trailer I am not a a Jared Leto fanboy by any means but. I mean if 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 he if if the movie that we see is even a fraction of the acting delivery or delivery that we got from the trailer like we're we're talking some big nominations because what an inc- what, what for for such a short performance from what we've seen what an incredible one like they knocked it out of the park casting Jared Leto as fucking Morbius
1: I feel like this is his redemption song dude because I feel like Suicide Squad did him dirty, mm-hmm. and then Margot Robbie just recently came out and said that they made a active decision not to cast Jared Leto's Joker in the Birds of Prey movie, that it was a conscious decision. They didn't want him to be a part of it. So it seems like maybe the Jared Leto Joker is kind of the modern era poison that you don't want attached to anything good in the DC right. world. So he's not really going to go back to DC and make a fucking run. It's Way like
0: It's like Schwarzenegger, uh, Mr. Freeze.
1: Yes, exactly. Once you're the laughing stock, once, you can't go back to it. It's just, it's not going to work. And for some reason, he didn't resonate with fans. Maybe that's because he wasn't really in the movie as much as we saw in the trailers, and there's all these conjectures there. But anyways, Leto's been looking for that redemption. They announced his casting months and months and months ago, and I thought, no, I don't think I will. Like, I'm not interested in that, you know? I don't think I can buy into a Jared Leto, Michael Morbius. There's just no way you're going to accurately sell me on it. And let me tell you, they proved me wrong in the 2 minute and 14 second trailer or whatever the fuck it was. Because yep. as, I, as I've already covered, you know, you get... You, you kind of get an idea of the whole story that they're going to kind of flesh out, like what they're going for, which was very dead on to the origin of Morbius. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the Adrian Tombs at the end tease thing
0: oh shit
1: whoa like oh it's Michael Keaton as vulture and that's they just closed the gap so now what you mean to tell me is my guess is this dude because that trailer just came out because we are now what fucking five four or five months removed from Spidey returning to the MCU mm-hmm And during that time frame, they did mention there were Morbius reshoots that got done. And they're still doing some of that now. Is it possible that this was part of the thing on the deal? Like, we want to start planting seeds for the Sinister Six in the Morbius movie. And Marvel was like, no. And they're like, no, really. You're going to want us to do this. I think it's going to work. And Marvel was like, no. And then they finally got him to fucking do it. And it was like, oh, it it shocked the world. You know, people weren't expecting that.
0: I I think so and I think they have they have an incredible opportunity I feel like with with this Morbius movie to per- portray the character in the correct light where he's a villain but he's not even really a villain and he's 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 kind of he's not even an anti-hero but he kind of is like he the motherfucker just wants to exist he doesn't want to die
1: it, that's all he's looking for is the cure yeah, he just doesn't want to die. That, it's just unfortunate that the cure turns him into a living vampire.
0: Yep, and then, you know, you get... I mean, Ruby and I started watching the the um, Spider-Man animated series, uh, the one that was so prevalent uh, during our childhood. bro. Yep, Hell yep, yeah. yep. And, you know, for a while it was get home every day, let's watch Star Wars. Now it's, Daddy, I want to watch cartoon Spider-Man. And we just recently watched uh, the 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 first appearance of Mor- Morbius on the show, and Ruby's like, "Daddy, who's that scary guy?" And I was like, "That's Morbius. He's a vampire." And, and and you know, Ruby was glued to the television, just totally enamored by this character. And you know, up until that point, we've seen we've seen Venom, we've seen Doctor Octopus, uh, Shocker. Um, hobgoblins in there too, like scorpion, rhino, like all these major villains.
1: Mysterio's early in Mysterio, that series, yep,
0: yep. And and you see this this obscure, like almost one off character, and it like obviously you know she's three, so she doesn't like get the grand the grand scheme of it, but like Morbius is such an interesting interesting character, and I feel like from the trailer that we've watched you have 100% buy-in from Jared Leto for the opportunity at redemption like you said I really appreciate the way that you worded that and he cannot afford to fail and and Sony at this point cannot afford to fail I don't I don't feel like anyway so you have you have almost this perfect storm of an interesting character that doesn't get talked about a lot a an actor who has the ability, but has kind of been overshadowed and forgotten about and painted in a bad light. And I'm, don't misunderstand me, folks. I am not talking about Jared Leto's personal life at all, and I don't, I, I am separating Jared Leto's personal life from his his career because I am not fully versed and educated on that, and I'm not going to. Go I'm down that not, rabbit hole. I'm, I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole um, because like we are on the precipice of a great opportunity here. I think as it, and and it, you and I talked at length during the Sony Marvel drama, the 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 fucking the the Spidey caper of twenty nineteen, like who's on first, who's got Spider Man, no one knows what the fuck is going on. And I think we can all unanimously agree that that Spider-Man belongs at home uh, with Marvel, but I think Sony gets it to where they like they know what they would miss if if Marvel wasn't involved at all, and I think Marvel knows that is aware that Sony cannot afford to drop the ball, so we're almost, I think, in the perfect place where any of these movies that are going to come out of, of Sony's stable, you know, any of the Venom movies going forward, this Morbius movie, uh, the the standalone Spider-Man project that no one really knows what the hell's going on with that, um, you know, possibly the Sinister Six, like all these things that are happening, I I think, at least in my opinion, that it's all being shed, or it it's all, it's all in the positive column of the ledger. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, totally. Um, one way to kind of look at this is you have Sony, who can do, uh, they can really look at Fox as the archetype. Yes. Do we want to be Fox? Because Fox fucked up, and ultimately it cost them everything. Because Marvel's just uh, Disney's just like. You're not going to play ball with us. We need those characters. Fuck you. We'll just buy the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Good, great, grand, wonderful, but also could be a little bit construed as bad, but not really anyways. uh, But then you look at it as like an even bigger picture. Sony can go, okay, well, listen, if we can agree to work in tandem with Marvel, make really great offshoot stories that Marvel isn't necessarily going to be willing to quote unquote take risks on in the MCU... If they're just as good and have interconnectivity, it then becomes still a part of the MCU and you're not bogging down the main story. So there might not be hardcore fans who go, I need to go see fucking Morbius. But then they're watching four movies from now and they see the whole Sinister Six show up in Spider-Man's face in an after credits and you're like, how did that fucking happen? I need to see now and then they want to go search that out. They need to hear the story. My hope is this, and this is a big fear, and I'm just going to say it now, because while I think that, and you and I have had long conversation and agree to disagree on Venom, first of all, I think Venom 2 is going to have to do some retconning to make things work right to get Spider-Man actually factually into their universe.
0: I agree. I don't disagree with that a bit.
1: But... They are at a position now where one of two things can happen. If Morbius flops, I don't think we continue to see these crossovers. I think we see a real power play move from Disney to snatch Spidey away and say, no, 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 you can't. You spent this big-ass budget on Morbius. You spent this big-ass budget on the marketing. You had people's interest with the trailer, but once reviews start coming out and it gets like fives, people are going to be like, oh, fuck, I don't want to see this movie. It was probably mm-hmm. shitty, except for the Adrian Tomb stuff because it's interconnected. Right. So if you run into that problem, then you have a whole different thing where people are like, well, I'm not going to see it just because. And then you run a whole different risk of what? Now any risks Marvel takes are going to be judged like Morbius, even though they aren't a Morbius. They didn't produ- fully produce Morbius, you know. So a lot, it, you're right, a lot hinges on all this, and it is a perfect storm, because if it goes right, I think it solidifies a Sony-slash-Disney-working uh, deal A positive throughout. working
0: relationship.
1: Constant. Exactly the perfect phrase. Constant working relationship. It will not be severed again. They will be quicker to want to negotiate. They mm-hmm. will be like, look... We gave a little bit at the bargaining table, and it worked out for both of us. You gave a little bit at the bargaining table, worked out for both of us. We keep doing that. It'll work out for the both of us because the fans are who really wins.
0: And I think I think another, another um, I guess, perspective that we need to look at this from, and you might disagree with me here, but I think it's the year 2020. We've had a culmination of the entire Skywalker story. We've had the Infinity Saga. We've had, you know, just keep keep checking stuff off the list, right? These these massive epic stories.
1: We had Crisis on Infinite Earths in yep. the DC TV yep. universe this year. Shockingly, it's,
0: everything has to be everything has to be bigger, bigger, bigger. Connected stories, um, stories that take ten years to tell. Blah 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 blah. It goes on and on. Everything's got to be bigger and better. And then you look at at. Let's, and, and I don't want to steer away from Marvel and go straight into Star Wars, and I know we have a lot to talk about, but I do want to bring this up because it's relevant.
1: Sure, please do.
0: <clears throat> as a Star Wars fan, and, and, and the Star Wars fan base as a whole, we can agree that true Star Wars fans can agree that the solo movie was not bad. That, Loved it. That realistically... Of, moder- of the modern Star Wars era, Rogue One is the, is the best movie that has been made.
1: Easily Rogue One. Tells can, the most impactful story, yep. has the most shocking moments.
0: And we can agree, without a shadow of a doubt, that the story of the Mandalorian is top five... Um, best TV shows in history. I, I, I think that, that it's got to be unanimous at this point that it it has got to fit somewhere in the top five with what it, it's been able to accomplish in the short amount of time that it has, how it's captivated the fan base. You know, I, I can go on at length, and, and it's unnecessary.
1: It set the bar really high.
0: Okay, so I think, and especially with some Kevin Feige rumors slash drama that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, I think that Disney... Disney as a whole, so Marvel, Lucasfilm, I think Sony, I think all these these companies, DC especially too throw that out there. I think all these these businesses are looking at their f- their failures, their successes, where they've how their investments have all played out. And what it seems like of the last 5 years anyway in my opinion, that the things that are standalone and the things that are maybe not, they're interconnected for sure, but they're not on the top tier grand scale of, well, this one scene in this movie all the way back in 2008 hinges everything on how this series ends in 2020. I think all those businesses have to be Cognizant, or er, er, they have to be, uh, or they have to to realize that, and we're gonna see more of these standalone films. I think, I think the 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 like the 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 trilogy and saga phenomenon are are behind us, and I, and I think that's a good thing, because if if, if Morbius hits the box office and kills it. Okay, I mean, just kills it. You're going to have... break records. Yeah, well, it, and I'm not even necessarily saying break records, but just just does does well, um, exceeds expectations, captivates the fan base, blah, blah, blah. You're going to have businessmen and women in all of these companies saying, now wait a minute. How did they do that with this almost not unknown character but for the 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 average joe an unknown character you know there's going to be there's going to be people that go see morbius in theaters and not have ever seen or heard about that character ever you're right and if it does well they have an incentive to keep making movies like that you know, and the same can be said for the Blade movie that's going to come out in the next five years. Um, it, it, throw any obscure character, the the Moon Knight project that's been talked about a lot, any any Star Wars project moving forward. Like there is an incentive to make one or two movies that are really, really well done that relate and 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 connect to every other movie that you make in a decade as long as they are really really well done.
1: Absolutely. I think that we 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 do have a you know you said it like we might be past the the era of the saga or whatever as far as Star Wars I you know I think for a short time yeah. I think you're going to have let me let me rephrase this. I feel there were huge mistakes made with the decision to announce before Last Jedi two more trilogies allegedly. Exactly. You ha- you had the DB Weiss and the fucking I can't think of the other guy from Game of Thrones, Benoist or whatever, Benoit or whatever. Uh, th- they were supposed to have a trilogy and then Ryan Johnson was supposed to have his own trilogy, okay? Mm-hmm. So and and then now you have Kathleen Kennedy saying we're not doing trilogies, we're we're stepping away from that archetype for a while. Why is that? Well, it's because right now you needed to say we're not doing this for a while. So fans clamor and go, I need the itch of a fucking trilogy again, man. Do you know right. why there was so much buzz around episode 7? It's because we itched for years, for fucking 10 years, damn it, to wait to see if we were going to get more Star Wars and then finally did. So just not always don't give everybody what you got all the like don't give everybody everything you have all at once cuz then you're not going to have anything else left to give. So keep it reserved. Don't always, you know, I I like the concept too, man. Tell one or two Marvel stories, you know, in the in the phase 4 that are pretty self-contained that have bigger lore, but it's not like you're going to see Shang-Chi show up in fucking Avengers mm-hmm. to kick the shit out of annihilation. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. Right. But it would be cool to learn about the 10 rings who influenced Tony Stark through the shadows in the early parts of the MCU. Correct. And learn how they're still influencing people now and that somebody's trying to stop them. That's a cool story. And it can kind of be self-contained. Um, I tell you, now I'm way more interested in the Eternals movie. Just based on this most re- recent uh, synopsis that essentially said that the Eternals are these otherworldly beings that have just lived on Earth. They're stuck here. And this is them dealing with the world post-Endgame. Mm, okay. So it picks up right after Endgame, and that, in in it in and of itself, I was like, well, November, I'm gonna be seeing the fucking Eternals. Stoked. Plus, got one of my favorite female celebrity actresses of all time.
0: Selma Hayek?
1: Goddamn right.
0: <laughs> yeah, you bet your ass.
1: <laughs> National goddamn treasure Selma fucking Hayek.
0: Yep, I totally agree.
1: Oh, man. Anyways,
0: uh, I... I not to cut you off here, but I, I really, you know, I, I've said this about a lot of movies the last couple years, and especially, you know, in the time frame that that you and I have been nerding out over things, I really, really want to see this Morbius movie do well. Um, not for the sake of I- any one person, but for the fandom, for nerd culture. I mean, just, just for modern cinema. I don't want. I don't want the movie to fail, and then hear, "Well, it suffered from all these reshoots, and we had director changes, and and producers backed out, and you know we paid we paid people off the street to do the writing, and and you know especially the last couple weeks we're hearing a lot of stuff about Captain Marvel two that it, I I liked the first Captain Marvel. I hate Brie Larson. Okay, hate Yeah, you made that very well
1: known going into Captain Marvel. You're not a fan.
0: No, I am not a fan. She did an okay job. It was a pretty good movie. I enjoyed it. You know, there were things that you and the girls and I all complained about, um, you know, certain I mean just just like very particular things that that bothered us as fans that were unnecessary. And we, we all we all still enjoyed the movie. And then like you're, you're here, like the last couple days. I don't know if you've been reading the stuff, but it's like Brie Larson has these uh, ludicrous demands to appear in another Avengers movie. Well, she didn't even really appear in the first uh, fucking Avengers movie, so we don't really need her. So figure out a way to get rid of this character, and then we don't have to talk about Brie Larson anymore
1: pretty easy to get rid of her. I mean, no offense not trying to, like, shit all over Brie Larson's Captain Marvel, but, like, if you're looking at how to uh, to write her out, you already did it in fucking Infinity, or in Endgame. Right. Oh, well, this is happening to all other planets. You just say, hey, look. Oh, interesting. Dude, I got, I got breaking uh, in Marvel news right now. Apparently, hey. um... Uh, Marvel fans have created a petition to replace Brie Larson as Captain Marvel.
0: Yeah, I just just got the the notification, too. Yes. Yes, please.
1: Oh, man, they canceled Howard the Duck, Kevin Smith's Howard the Duck.
0: Yeah, I saw that this morning.
1: Boo earns. God. Marvel, what are you doing?
0: Uh... Marvel cancels Howard the Duck and Tigra and Dazzler shows. All those are gone from Hulu now.
1: Well, I mean, not going to lie. I don't know if anybody was going to watch a Dazzler show.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, it's all like who is going to. I wasn't. I'll tell you right now. I wasn't going to watch the Howard the Duck
1: show. Oh, I would have. It was going to be animated. It would have been fucking hilarious. Well,
0: I mean, yeah, but it, it's fucking Howard the Duck. Like, I, I've 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 got better things that I can occupy my time with than Howard the Duck. I mean, surely okay, you enough. can agree with that.
1: Okay. Yeah. 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 Totally.
0: <laughs> so I I don't know. It's just you know we there. Here's another here's another breaking news thing. Marvel Studios approached the farewell director Lulu Wang for new movie. So this. Th- they're they're grabbing another director to make another movie that we know nothing about when they've got big projects that are kind of in turmoil um Captain Marvel looking at you um like you know w- there was a lot of pos- positive discussion last week about uh Captain Marvel getting was it the director or the writer
1: they just got a new writer yeah just yes, this week yeah. captain yeah, yeah, marvel yeah. gets a writer
0: Yep. So you know that was gonna be a lot of that was like positive news. Like, okay, they brought somebody new on the project. We'll get something fresh. Um, you know, the next movie might be a little bit more interesting than the first. And now it's like uh, we don't we don't have time. This is the age of consumption, right? I don't have yeah. time. I don't have time to cater to Brie Larson just so I can con- consume her. Uh, lackluster and and really mediocre performances and anything. I don't need to watch it.
1: So it's not going to add years to your life to no. watch her movies.
0: Yes, you know, and she's 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 not. She can. She has the p- potential to not be a bad actress. Um, watch the movie The Room. I haven't Check. seen that
1: yet, but I do hear it's awesome,
0: dude. It it's it's good like it's real 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 well or really 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 well done performance my, my my multiverse brain's going so fast I can't hardly speak but it's just I, I'm, I'm tired I'm tired of drama and like unnecessary drama with these projects like Robert Downey Jr. is just like hey as long as you pay me I'll keep making these movies done deal uh, how much how much drama have we heard about Samuel L. Jackson as Mr. Nick Fury in all of these Marvel projects?
1: Less than zero? Uh, he
0: he just fucking, hey, you pay me and I'll keep making these movies. They're fun.
1: I'm pretty sure he also like asked them to cast him in more stuff because he was like, I don't know why I didn't appear in Civil War. Right. I'm not sure why I didn't appear in this movie. I'm like, bless you, bless you. Woo. Thank you but uh got rocked it, on the podcast it's just it's
0: i don't know i'm just i'm i'm aggravated about it because like we see this morbius trailer and it gets us it gets me super amped up for something new something fresh and then you know the the following day say say i just found the the morbius trailer yesterday on my phone and i get up this morning and i see that this petition has been created, that she is making these uh, fucking ludicrous demands to appear in a movie. Like, you you are not holding Marvel Studios hostage. No one, I will no, say, one, no one wants you to play the character anyway.
1: I will say, I didn't see initially what the demands were, so I'm going to try to Google up that. Bree... Larson, Captain Marvel, not Vapton, Captain, Marvel 2 Demands. Let's see. Oh yeah, according to Showbiz Cheat Sheets. Uh, let's see what this says. According to the Cheat Sheet Captain Marvel has some demands to return for Avengers five. Um, she's looking for a new contract for Avengers five. Uh, she's demanding that the studio give her equal pay to her male counterparts. Fair. Uh, Marvel has not commented on the rumors, but given that Larson's status, given Larson's status in the MCU, they can hardly tell her no. Um, so so yeah, I, I,
0: they, I, I I do disagree with the the equal pay uh with her male counterparts. Not because sh- women don't deserve equal pay. You should get equal pay for screen time. If you well, were I in the with, if you were in the movie for 10 minutes, you do not deserve to get paid what Robert Downey Jr got paid because you were in the movie for 10 minutes.
1: I think she's looking though for the future, you know, and saying like, okay, if I'm going to be cuz you got to think As of right now, if you were building the Avengers, it's going to be like Captain Marvel and Spider Man and Thor, and fucking I don't know who else you would really genuinely put on that team because the team's been so like decimated. I don't think Hulk is going to come back to be an actual Avenger. He might help here and there, you know? Yeah. Black Panther would be an Avenger and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But like Captain Marvel is your fucking Superman. She's going to be the leader. Just, I mean, just be real in this next phase. Brie Larson, as Captain Marvel, will be the leader of the Avengers. There's no reason to put Peter Parker there. He doesn't have the experience. T'Challa doesn't have otherworldly experience like this character. It makes the most sense. You could put Thor there, but he's a little fucked up, man. He's a little suffered from PTSD. He's still, still riding that wave out. So, honestly, if you look at it, she has a good claim that she would need more money to do this role because she is anticipating... Being in the spotlight like RDJ was. Right. And that does make sense. But if she says she wants to be Captain Marvel, then they can only convince her to be in the suit for fucking 15 minutes of screen time and it's super hokey. Eh, I'm not going to be a fan. Right. But if her demands are like she demands, I want this equal pay. And then she shows up to the fucking plate to be the fucking best form of herself for the MCU and becomes like the Robert Downey Jr. and throws herself at that role, sure totally fucking agree. thing, man. Yep. I'm all about it.
0: Yep. But uh. the caveat to that is, and, and why I'm I'm a little bit more cynical about, um, like, throw my biased opinion of disliking Brie Larson out the window, I'm cynical about that actually taking place because of how she's interacted with the studio and how she's kind of conducted herself... As this character, out of character up until this point, not uh, not real popular with fans. Uh, said some really weird shit with the media. Like it, it's just it's not a good fit, and it, you're gonna have to. The studio and Brie Larson are both gonna work. Have to work really hard to convince me that she should continue to play this role. Not that my opinion matters, but. I'm not the only fan that has this opinion. That's why there's a petition to get her out of it.
1: With 30,000 signatures. Thirty, yeah. At least 30,000 other people agree. Correct. So that says something, you know. And honestly, like, Brie Larson is the kind of person that, sure, you can use her. And sure, she has Oscar nominations. I think she even won one uh, for The Room. Mm-hmm. She uh, did, I'm pretty sure. But like, okay, so you're trying to legitimize, and make your shit more serious. That's that's all fine and well. But she's gonna do one of two things. She's either gonna become the new, the next chapter of the MCU, because chapter one closed with the Infinity Saga. She's either gonna become the next chapter's Robert Downey Jr. or she's gonna become the next chapter's Ed Norton. Or yeah, Ed Norton. Mm-hmm. So, and what I mean by that is Ed Norton demanded more money didn't work out studio realized we don't need you and pushed him out he wanted to have a greater control on the script and writing and all this shit and it's like okay 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 so I, I don't know man I just feel like I also feel like we're in a dangerous time right now where stories about actresses or actors demanding or getting until I see an official headline that's like new audio captures Brie Larson demanding X or an email shows this is happening or whatever. It's all just bullshit that fans are assuming, I hate to say, because we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, did Brie Larson really demand anything? Is she just like, man, I just want these fucking people to like me. You know, and I, it's just, it's, just, it's that whole cloud of uncertainty that leaves me at a point where I'm just like, I think we need to wait and see a little bit so we get a little bit closer to Captain Marvel 2 and see how things play out and see if we actually get some news about her contract, actually get some information about uh I will say they the the person they penned to write Captain Marvel 2 wrote WandaVision
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: coming out. So and there's some correlation to Captain Marvel and WandaVision, so maybe there's a a reason for that, I don't know. Cool. Did you see the Joker yet? no my dude i've been
0: living living under a rock nate i haven't had time
1: it's okay when you have time make time it's really good it's also really fucked up
0: yeah I've, i've been trying to fit it in and watch it for you know basically basically since it came out and uh i haven't quite had that time um my work schedule should stop being so crazy around March. So one more, like a short month away, and I'll be able to get caught up on some of these things that I haven't had time to do. And that's that's definitely towards the top of the list for sure.
1: And let's not forget we're going to roll into March hardy party because we're mm-hmm. going to motherfucking...
0: And the week before that, I'm going to Cincinnati for uh, to watch the Adventure Zone live.
1: Whoa, that's cool. Mhm. Have
0: you ever listened to The Adventure Zone?
1: No, but I know that's like one of your favorite podcasts.
0: It it is If you like Dungeons and Dragons and you like comedy, you'll like The Adventure Zone. It's fucking hilarious. Like it makes me la- laugh at work like to the point where I'm about to pee my pants. So my buddy and Andy, my buddy Andy and I are gonna hop in the car and drive to Cincinnati on a Thursday night to watch the fucking four four grown men play Dungeons and Dragons live in front of like fucking a thousand people. Thousand people? It, it's well, it's at the Taft Theater in Cincinnati. I don't know how many people it can fit, but um, it, it looks like a lot. So, damn, bro, you
1: should try to meet those dudes and be like, check out our network, you fucks.
0: Yeah. Well, they would. They would. Uh, they're a part of the Maximum Fun network. So, I've slowly but surely like uh, sent subliminal messages to the Maximum Fun network to try and recognize our network to absolve our network into theirs, and they haven't responded yet. So,
1: here's your chance. Yeah. <laughs> Tell I'll just, your higher ups.
0: I'll just charge the stage and be like, "Fucking witness
1: us, please." Yes. See me, hear me, now, I'm here. My wiener's out, what? The
0: Taft Theater is a 2,500 seat theater, and I'm pretty sure the show is sold out right
1: now, so. Whoa, that's crazy, bro. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm pumped, man. Pumped, pumped, pumped. Fucking A, it's gonna be
1: a cool time. So, you know, earlier in the show, we briefly touched on Star Wars stuff. Mm Mm-hmm and i feel like you might officially have a, like a very large soapbox to jump up on and have some things to say so i'm going to let you kind of guide us into the start of this star wars chat bro cuz a lot's kind of broken out in the past few days i think i'm going to start
0: i'm going to start with something positive cool because a lot of of, of the Star Wars discussion that we're about to have, I think is, is a little bit more negative or, or kind of in between. Sure. And I don't, I don't like talking about Star Wars and getting sad. So I'm going to try to, to push that off as long as I can. So, uh, <clears throat> last night on comic we have a nice little article, um, About the uh, Cassie Andor Disney Plus series, it's talking about how Diego, like what excites Diego Luna about the show, um, or about the series and the character, and 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 obviously I'm not going to read it, but I'm I'm really really excited to see what what that series becomes, how it's interconnected, and and how it relates to The Mandalorian, and you know I'm sure there's going to be Cameos and characters that that are relevant through the current trilogy that we just finished, um, and and I think that if anything Star Wars related that comes out on Disney Plus in the next couple years is even a fraction of what the Mandalorian is, it'll be I mean it'll be a ten out of ten all day. It's just, it's got to get a little bit of what the Mandalorian has, and then we'll all be hooked. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, what I'm not excited about, and I don't have a lot of information on, um, but I'm sure you have seen that the Obi-Wan Kenobi show has been put on indefinite hold. Ugh. And I read an article this morning, uh, and this is from uh Ewan McGregor himself that the the drama and the show being put on hold is bullshit. Those are his words.
1: So it's not really happening like that.
0: No, like like he is frustrated.
1: Oh, I he will fr- say I also saw a thing with that. Uh, he also said that, because I, I thought that he was saying it's bullshit and it's not factual, because then the follow-up to that was him saying that they are pushing filming back a year, like into the start of next year, 2021, but mm-hmm. it won't affect the release date of Obi-Wan. Okay,
0: well, the art- I'm reading a different article now, and it is saying exactly what you just said. So the original article that i read must have been written a little bit differently
1: they tried to some uh, fucking
0: propaganda campaign
1: yeah they did they tried to propaganda us but
0: i i, I am upset um i'm i'm t- i'm just tired of hearing uh, dr- fucking star wars drama man
1: what if, do you if, think of, go ahead go ahead no you go ahead no you go ahead no you go though cuz you started first
0: but you hang up
1: no, don't hang up.
0: <laughs> I think that if if I was a, a Disney or a Lucasfilm or Marvel executive in the year 2020, if I had to push back my production schedule, I would release one statement and one statement only that said, the release date has been rescheduled for this date, and I would give no fucking information. Don't yeah. don't talk about drama in the studio. Don't talk about reshoots. Don't talk about don't talk about any of it. Just tell us that it has been delayed. And if you look at the modern video game industry, video game studios have now recently figured that out that if we just say, "Hey, we're going to delay the release for 6 months to a year. We've got some things to polish. The game is done. We just got some tweaks to make." So we apologize, but this will benefit you if we do this. And no one throws a fit. Where five years ago, if a game was delayed, the entire fucking fan base would fucking shit a brick. Because what we, we were promised our game on January 1, and I fucking want my game. This is J, J.G. Wentworth, and I want it now.
1: Yeah, 877-CASH-NOW.
0: Fucking cash now! And it's like, okay, they are doing this for a reason, but reshoots and all these production troubles are painted in such a negative light, even if it is for the betterment of the project, we don't care. It's all negative, so just don't tell us. Don't tell us why, just do it. You know, I I, I think... Like, that, that is just a part of adult life that I've realized here recently. Like, sometimes you gotta change things on the fly and, like, perfect example, okay? You're, you're my, uh, I'm training you to do a job, Nate, right?
1: I am the apprentice, you are the okay. master.
0: I'm the master and we're, do, we're doing the job and we run into a problem and I say, okay, go get this, this, and this. We have to change. We have to change how we do this. It'll still get done, we are we are on a, a timetable there. there. There is a deadline to meet. And I don't have time to stand there and explain to you why we have to change every little step of what we're doing. Just go get the shit and let's do it. And then when we get done, then I'll explain to you why we had to do all those things.
1: Yeah, sometimes it's how it's got to operate. In yes. the heat of the moment, you just got to fucking make adjustments.
0: And I think that fucking Disney, Lucasfilm, DC, all these major companies need need to to adopt that business model because all you are doing, all you are doing as a business, when you say, "Hey, man, we fucked up. We got to start all over," you are taking every fan like myself, like you, uh, like most people that that genuinely care. About this material, about these characters, about these stories, about what it does for us in our personal lives. We care about it. It means something. And if you take the time and the money and the effort, and then you say, Well, hold up. We fucked all of this up. We gotta start over. It's like, okay. Uh, I just want you to do a good job. And then it's like, hey man, uh, Here's all this drama on how we fucked up. I don't care how you, I, I don't care what went wrong. Just make it right. Yep. You know, don't 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 let the media and 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 the fan bases and all the, all these people get bogged down and dig their claws into the negativity of why this is why this project is messed up and here's how it's going to fail. That's how it always starts. Something is messed up. And we immediately jump all the steps in between on how they're going to fix it, and immediately go straight to this is how it's going to fail. And I'm t- I'm just I'm I'm burnt out on it, man. I'm tired of it.
1: It just makes for okay. So I just think constantly putting negativity out when things don't go to what what is a quote unquote our schedule. Like we also as fans have to be like okay. They do have our best interest at mind. Yeah. We know from Disney's track record that they clearly, if they delay something or change something or, say, get rid of a director, that they kind of have a vision. And we should trust them because we've liked their shit so far. Right, Exactly. So, it's just like, I think that, honestly... We wouldn't be a podcast if there wasn't conjecture and rumors flying abound about different shows and things happening and people being cast and removed from shows and whatnot. but, like I feel like there needs to be almost a standard where like if Disney's gonna make announcements that shit's getting pushed back, they need to have like a little press conference say, "Hey, look, here's what's going on. We yeah. have all these plans. And yeah, we are going to have to figure out a different thing about Obi-Wan and it's going to take us a little bit longer to get to that one. But in the meantime, we just want to let you guys know we're going to bring this whole new series that we didn't tell you about that's already nearly ready, you know. And um and 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 just move the thing around, just move the whole schedule around. With honesty, I think that's yeah. the most important key to continued success of these major studios when it comes to releases. And it's like, you're a fan of Godzilla. If they came out tomorrow and was like, we're going to do Godzilla versus the universe or Godzilla versus Galactus or some shit. And you were like, Holy fuck. Can't believe we're going to see that. Yeah. And then a year goes by. You haven't heard anything else. Two years goes by. You haven't heard anything else. Three years goes by. Weren't they supposed to do a Godzilla fucking Galactus movie? What the fuck? You know, at least with Disney, we know that when they announce that they're doing a project, for the most part, they see that project through. Correct. Uh, unless it's animated. For some reason, they don't have as much uh, beholdenness to their animated shit. Uh, now, really quickly, just a tangent, we're talking about the Disney Plus shows. So, Did you hear about the rumored Disney Plus show that Marvel's about to announce?
0: Um, Is it... Hold on, my brain is working.
1: Currently computing.
0: Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm having a stroke or... Hopefully not. Are you? Is it the Wolverine one?
1: No, I didn't hear about that. Oh, that's fucking cool. Uh, no, the rumor... Okay, two things. There's two-fold rumor. First of all, allegedly in Captain America and the Winter Soldier, or the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, sorry. Keep fucking that up. Uh, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, allegedly we're going to get the debut of the Thunderbolts. Okay. That's going to spawn into its own series. But also, and I don't know where they're going to drop this if it's going to be in WandaVision or what the plan is, they're doing a secret invasion show.
0: Oh yeah, I just I just saw that this morning and that's what I was trying I was trying to think think of and I stroked out.
1: It's okay, but it's like that's crazy. If they start to I mean not to, I guess that's hard for me, though, because it's not a movie, and I feel like Secret Invasion is movie-worthy unless the Secret Invasion TV show is all the setup of all the different characters getting blipped down or whatever so that when we go to see the Secret Invasion movie, everything really fully makes sense and you can, like, tune it in.
0: Yeah, I think, I don't know, it's tough, because if they did... If they did the Secret Invasion story right and it was all animated, I would be okay with that. Because I could watch it from the comfort of my couch. And I, I don't know. It's tough. I, I would love... I Like, Secret Invasion, Secret Wars, like, those stories are what I want most out of Marvel going forward on the big screen. But if I can only pick one... Secret Wars is what I want on the big screen and I'll take Secret Invasion on uh, in an animated series if I have to. You know what I mean?
1: Well, dude, that's what I'm saying. They are I don't think they're calling Secret Invasion an animated. I think it's going to be a live action show.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I thought I, mean, it it was, I thought it was going to be an animated one.
1: Let me make sure I didn't misread that, because my brain. A new rumor has been cropping up over the future of MCU, especially when it comes to the next major crossover event and how it could possibly follow up Endgame. Rumor speculation have dominated the conversation as many people attempt to read the tea leaves regarding the future of the Marvel Studios. Uh, we might have our first major teas, though it seems like a stretch. New rumor indicates that Secret Invasion project is in the works. Um, Not that it's a movie in development, but that it is a Disney Plus series. The report comes from Bleeding Cool, which I do trust, which states that the Secret Invasion storyline could be the basis for a brand new Marvel Studios project on the streaming service. So while it's worth considering what they're reporting, we should also recognize just how viable Secret Invasion series would be on Disney Plus. After all, Marvel Studios is focusing on individual characters or team-ups for their new shows and less specifically overarching storylines to help flesh out events which is what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. And that's why we are getting series like Loki, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, as well as team-up series including the Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision. We've yet to see any such hints at Secret Invasion, must less an indication that a storyline would get its own TV series as opposed to Marvel's etiquette to focus their programming on heroes. Even then, the studio shows uh, haven't shown to be sprawling epics on the same level as Endgame, which is exactly the kind of story that Secret Invasion could be. Sure, they could do something similar to meet the scrolls or something with the wide range ranging impact of the Vision Maxi series. But as of now, there's no indication that this program could be on Disney Plus as of right this moment. So not official, official, but it could come.
0: Man, how badass would it be though if it was a Disney Plus series, live action? You get introduced to all your your fan favorite characters. They all make cameo appearances. It kind of jumps around. You get introduced to new characters. The scroll are doing their scroll stuff, and then like let's say 2023 announcement, a follow up to the secret invasion Disney Plus story, Marvel Secret Wars coming um, July of 2023.
1: I know you can't see this right now, but you just saying that literally raised the hair on my arms. Just the idea that they could pull that off.
0: That would be the way to do it. And you and I talked uh, three, four months ago. Well, basically right at the release of Disney Plus about how shows like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, how Disney's kind of an uncharted territory here. They have the perfect opportunity to maybe make less movies per year put a little bit more capital investment towards these Disney plus series and use that to tell the stories that you don't necessarily have the time or the money to slot 10 Marvel movies in a year. Cause we can't, they can't do that and they don't want to do that. So it, it would be the perfect opportunity to do anything like that. If you're, if Galactus is going to be the next big bad in this, in the series, like do your secret invasion, do secret wars. And then what do you know? the fucking Herald of Galactus shows up on Earth and then uh, you do a Disney Plus series that is, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but it's all these different characters' perspectives on their interactions with the Silver Surfer and their preparations and their trials and tribulations before fucking Galactus shows up. And then you've got a Galactus movie and you don't have to do 10 years of Galactus movies before he shows up. You can do a year or two years of Disney plus television to set up the arrival of the eater of worlds. You know what I mean?
1: I do. And I think that's actually, you know, a brilliant way to look at it is in moving forward, you know, I think we had questions of what is the Disney Plus status of these shows going to be tying into the MCU as a whole. Uh, man. My brain is on fire right now thinking about all of the possibilities because you you mapped it out really perfectly that the 10 years of storytelling in the MCU that we got, okay, the first 23 movies, right? If you pull some of that back, not all of it, just some mm-hmm. of that back and turned some of those movies into short series, like Guardians of the Galaxy, never a movie. It was a Disney Plus series from the jump. Okay. And we have a couple, you know, different, uh, it's, you know, we get some of the scenes from guardians one, we get some of the moments from guardians Two, but we also get longer format storytelling, but that's taking place during the time of the first Avengers movie. If that all was happening kind of more compactly, like we're going to get in the modern era with Disney plus your 10 years of storytelling gets condensed to like two or three years really. Right. So it helps to not only, it does two things. It gets fans the story quicker, which is what we crave. We want to know what your plan is. We want to know what you're going to do. We need those
0: electrolytes.
1: The body does need electrolytes. It's what plants crave.
0: It's got what plants crave. It's Brondo. (laughs)
1: Jesus. (laughs) Little idiocracy quote there for you folks. I mean, we Uh, do
0: live in idiocracy, so.
1: Literally, yeah, the documentary now. Live action (laughs) documentary. Uh, but yeah, them being able to do that and and tell their stories in a more concise fashion is also going to keep people more willing to be invested. And another thing that Disney Plus showed us through Mandalorian to just weasel our way back to Star Wars, with Mandalorian, you saw some of the best television, you said it yourself, but it only it was only eight episodes. What's the best part about those eight episodes? There wasn't a single episode that was anywhere close to an hour. Mm-hmm. So, you mean to tell me in under eight hours total, you can tell an amazing story on Disney Plus with any character? That's a huge win for them.
0: When I think especially, too, I'm really glad that you brought up Guardians of the Galaxy. If you think back to the early 2000s, there was a series that came out on Sci Fi Network called Firefly that people loved. And it was about a ragtag group of people hanging out on a fucking spaceship and just going around the the galaxy doing jobs. Who does that sound like? That sounds like the Guardians of the Galaxy. So here's another great opportunity. Uh, Finish the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy and then move the entire uh, IP as the Guardians of the Galaxy, move them to Disney Plus and have them as a long-running... TV show of them just doing shit like The Mandalorian. And it doesn't have to be... Not every episode has to be a blockbuster story. I mean, The Mandalorian has proved that. There's your perfect opportunity to take The Guardians out, let them have a little bit less prevalent role on the big screen, and then move another IP, another project, into their slot. I think Disney Plus gives... I think Disney Plus gives Marvel and Disney ultimate flexibility to um, plug in, plug out, or plug in, unplug shows and movies at, at, at any given time. You you take, say we've got five years of, of Black Panther. We've had Black Panther 1. Um, you know We're, we're going to get Black Panther 2 in the next couple years. Maybe they don't do a third Black Panther movie, Maybe Black Panther is only exclusively featured uh, with Falcon and Winter Soldier going forward after that. Or maybe he only makes uh, cameo appearances in plug-in another show that ends up on Disney+. And you have the you have the freedom now at that point to take a movie and characters and a story that you couldn't fit into that slot before. Now they have their opportunity. And, I mean... You and I said at the beginning, at the launch of Disney Plus, that this is, you know, going to give Disney basically the ultimate freedom to do whatever the hell they want all year long, because now they're not they're not shackled by the release schedule of a year of movies.
1: Yeah, and you know, another thing I just kind of thought about too. Let's say the ultimate craziness happens, and there's a Marvel movie that. Uh, are delays or something strange happens and they're not going to okay. make release or whatever or there's um, any number of problems and they're like, it gets the pushback kind of like New Mutants, okay? Mm-hmm. Now they can just be like, well, you know, we're going to push this back like two months and we'll just release it on Disney Plus as a Disney Plus exclusive movie. Yep. Oh, shit, huge win, because now people are like, oh, fuck, I can't see all the Marvel shit unless I have Disney Plus. Now I have Correct. to do it. Correct. You know? Shang-Chi <laughs> didn't end up going to movie theaters, but they ended up shifting it and throwing it onto Disney Plus last second, and everybody's, like, shocked. Fuck yeah, man. Here's Spider-Man, Sp- you know? We didn't A- know we were going to get Spider-Man, so here he is. Especially in, like,
0: the next three to five years, uh, all of the, the Netflix contracts will be up. So Marvel will have its entire the entirety of its library on Disney Plus at that point, minus the rated R projects, uh, Deadpool, um, Blade, stuff like that. Um, that'll all be on Disney Plus, so you don't have to worry about. It is 100% exclusivity if you release it only on Disney Plus, and I think that's fantastic.
1: It's a game changer, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it also like right now, Marvel when they announced slate four, were in the middle of the battle with not knowing if they were going to have Spidey, so they can't announce Spidey. Correct. And now you've got like this whole two-year gap. We're not getting any Spidey-Man. What the fuck? But I think that's not true, and I think that this is, again, another opportunity where you could flex one of those movies. Not to say The Eternals doesn't deserve to be on the big screen or whatever, but you could flex that out and be like, oh, we were also filming Spider-Man. We just couldn't talk about it. Here you go. You know, or, You know, not to say that they necessarily do that. Obviously, there's call sheets and all this. I will say, interesting to note, a Sony project featuring one of our Spider friends, Tom Holland just got delayed. Did you hear about this? No, I didn't. So, Tom Holland was supposed to be at the helm of the Uncharted series. Correct. They've just delayed that again, which is like the fourth year in a row it's been delayed.
0: I mean, it's a video game movie, it's going to be tough to get it's going to be tough to get that thing rolling.
1: Really tough, but it's interesting to note the timing because I think they were supposed to be filming like early this summer for Uncharted. Mm-hmm.
0: I I think that sounds right.
1: And I'm pretty sure that that just got moved because they're filming Spider-Man and they're not going to talk about it. Right. Or they're going to keep it not necessarily under wraps, but just, you know.
0: I didn't even think about that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so like I said, you got to think Spider-Man's their biggest IP. You're going to have people go see Black Widow. You're going to have people interested in seeing the Eternals, Shang-Chi, but these are all really not, aside from Black Widow, Not well named characters, not highly focused in the history of Marvel characters. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to dig deep to know about their lineage and their histories and whatnot. So, it is a risk. And you tell people, no, 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 but you're gonna have Captain Mar, uh, you're gonna have Falcon and Winter Soldier. You're gonna have all these other series. It's gonna be great. Like, the movie fans are, I think, honestly, right now, a little bit nervous about what the future of the MCU actually holds.
0: Mm -hmm. I agree.
1: At least I am, because it's like. You guys put yourself in an interesting predicament not announcing any great, you know, like sure Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and Thor Love and Thunder, those are coming later, you know, later later. But what's you know, this 2020 is a big pivoting point for Marvel. What are you going to do? Right. But um TY, my dude. Do you have like 2 minutes of Quality conversation that you can throw up into the air so I can take a short bathroom break.
0: I absolutely do.
1: Okay. Well, folks, I'm going to pass it over to T.Y. I'm going to go to the pate. I'll be back to the pate in just one second.
0: So while Nate's gone, uh, some other rumors that we've had Star Wars-wise, we're going to get back on the, the Star Wars discussion here. Uh, there's a lot of rumors right now in the video game world that uh, Electronic Arts and Lucas Lucas Arts, um, Disney, all those good folks are going to remake Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. Um, I think that would be fantastic. the The game has not aged very well. It's 2020. Um, tried to play it on my Xbox, and it takes like an hour to do anything. And it's, it's the year 2020. we can't afford uh, to not have instant return uh, on things that we've done. So I really look forward to more of that rumor kind of getting fleshed out seeing seeing what happens because it is, you know arguably one of the greatest video games of all time, uh, one of the greatest stories of all time. very interesting characters and, and ideas have come out of that project and it gives it gives Disney, a really good way of looking at the sample size. So what I mean by that is if in the next two years, a night Knights of the old Republic remaster comes out, say they actually do a full remaster trilogy where we get Knights of the old Republic KOTOR two, both of those games get remastered and then we actually get KOTOR three. Like most fans have wanted, you know, all since all the way back when, um, how, how Star Wars fans, how video game people who play video games receive that product, positive or negative, I think would be a really, really good indication for for Disney to say, you know what, uh, I think we are gonna make uh, some some Star Wars movies or or maybe Disney Plus series that take place in the Old Republic, um, because this has been received very well. Um, I don't know. It's it's. It's a positive and a negative because there's a lot of fans and and myself not being one of them that complain about games being remastered and oh no, another another redux or another remaster and it's like the only thing people want to sling around on the internet is that they've run out of material to make so they just remake the old material. I would not disagree with that but that's not necessarily a bad thing either because if Knights of the Old Republic gets remade and it it, it, it stands the test of time and you take one of the greatest video games in history and make it better. You give fans everything that you want. You get the uh, maybe some of the combat elements from Jedi Fallen Order and, and, and all that jazz and, and you just you improve upon the original product to the point where it's better in every way. P- you give you give a whole new generation of people the opportunity to experience what you experienced. I did not play Knights of the Old Republic until I was an adult. I didn't have an Xbox as a teenager, so, um, I mean, why why should should they make new material instead of just remastering everything? Yes, I don't d- disagree with that, but when they're selective about what they remaster and decide to do. You are giving an entire new generation the opportunity to experience those feelings and emotions and great stories that you got to. And it's not something that you own. It's not just for you. It's not your story. And, you know, this applies to our political climate and and the health of our fucking nation. Like, it's not all about you. Let other people experience it, too. And that's, that's a portion of my Star Wars soapbox. I can hear Nate is back.
1: Dude, okay, so you're talking about *Knights of the Old Republic* remake. I just saw that that they might be doing that today. Mm-hmm. Here's my quick hot take on remakes and video games. I know I haven't done *Game Addicts* podcast in a, in a, you know, blue moon fucking forever. But like, honestly, with remakes, here's my thing: if you keep the story 100% the same, and you keep the elements of gameplay pretty much 100% the same, but the purpose of your redo is an extreme re-rendering going from, say, the Final Fantasy VII of the 90s with Mm -hmm. very shitty, low-quality cube graphics to the Final Fantasy we're probably going to be getting early this year into late next year. Mm -hmm. And it it, it seems like it's still going to be the same game, a lot more immersive, a lot bigger, fleshing the story out a little bit further with the same gameplay elements. I'm all about that because it looks better. Which drives new market, new audience. Like you said, a new generation of people to enjoy this thing. Right. So Gimme Knights of the Old Republic with even doper graphics and way more thought process in how each character can be played or utilized or, you know, n- add a few tiny tweaked gameplay new mechanics, you know. And I'm there. I'm fucking there.
0: Well, and it's like I mean you, you have to you have to give you have to give the fan or you have to give People who are playing the game, the creature comforts that they get everywhere else. So you can't carry the archaic um, pseudo turn-based uh, gameplay from the original Knights of the Old Republic because that's based on a Dungeons and Dragons system. So it's an algorithm in the game where someone is basically rolling a twenty-sided dice. You're either going to hit or you're not going to hit, and that's you know that's the mechanic there. You can improve upon that however however you want. You can make it real time. You can make it turn based, like say Final Fantasy X. Uh, I mean, you, you can do you can do a number of things to improve it. Final Fantasy VII is a perfect example because the combat is not turn based anymore in the in the new the remaster. Um, really? Yes. It's 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 a hack and slasher, but you have the option to make it turn based if you want. So. Give give the fans, give the people playing the game the option to play the game however they want, the original the original gameplay style, the modified or the updated one. And then and then you, you check all boxes off and everybody's happy.
1: Should everybody's not only happy, but they're like, Wow, I can now beat this g-. like there's some people out there that never could beat Final Fantasy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They just didn't have the skills. They didn't understand the gameplay, whatever. Right Now it's going to open this up to them and be like, hey, it's now a hack and slash where you don't have to really care so much, I guess, about your decisions, but you're still going to get the same amazing story. Correct. Huge victory. Absolutely a huge victory. Ugh. Okay. So yeah, I'm back. Everything's cool. Tyler, thank you for the, the tiny uh, lobbied up fill in. Not a allowing- problem. Allowing me to drain my bladder. Where do we go from here, though, dude?
0: I think, really, the only other thing that I had to discuss, and it it was it's that negativity that I want I didn't really want to get to, um, but it's two parts. One, I'm sure you've you and everyone listening to this have heard the rumors the last couple days about Kevin Feige's possible involvement in Lucasfilm going forward.
1: No, it did not, brother. You got to fill me in. There are
0: rumors that he is going to replace Kathleen Kennedy and take control of Lucasfilm.
1: Let it be, man.
0: I think that going forward on the Marvel side and especially the Star Wars side, if you pair John Favreau and Kevin Feige together on any project, it is going to be successful. You want to make... You want to keep making movies like The Jungle Book and Mowgli? Movies like that? Keep making them. Just have those two guys involved and they'll be great. Um, And obviously, Mowgli is not Jon Favreau. That's Andy Serkis. But um, just wanted to say... Movies with talking animals. You want to make talking animal movies? Have Jon Favreau involved with Kevin Feige and it's going to be successful. Um... You want to?
1: Uh, is that why Doolittle didn't do well?
0: Probably, and because it's weird.
1: It is weird.
0: Have you have you read some of the script?
1: I didn't have to. Robert Downey Jr. told me everything I needed to know when I watched him on Joe Rogan.
0: Okay. Yeah, and it's he was weird. like,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then like I saw, I can't remember what exactly I read, but I saw that the ending is super fucking bizarre.
0: Oh, yeah, that is that's, that's ex- that is specifically what I was referencing. It is weird.
1: Do you remember what they said was with the ending? Because I don't give a fuck if we spoil it. It's fucking Doolittle. It's not like a great <laughs> movie we care about. Bas-
0: basically, uh, a dragon has uh, a- an intestinal blockage, and Robert Downey Jr.'s Doolittle takes his arm, sticks his arm inside the dragon's uh, fucking chest, uh, stink star the old brown eye and pull and pulls out the intestinal blockage so the dragon can relieve itself it passes gas and then the day is saved
1: yep farting dragons
0: yeah like um uh, well give me just a minute here dragon and I'll clean you out oh you're not going to put a glove on nope no, not necessary oh yeah it's fucking weird man
1: Hopefully he cleans under his fingernails afterwards.
0: You and I don't get paid to write uh, for movies, but whoever is getting paid to write Robert Downey Jr. sticking his arm inside the ass of a dragon um, needs to be fired, and they need to give us a call, because surely we could write something better than that.
1: In probably 30 seconds, I can write something better than that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like... Robert Downey Jr. fights the dragon and kills it. Bam. Done.
1: Robert Downey Jr. has an intellectual conversation and talks the depressed dragon off of a cliff. Saves the day. Bam. Bam. Done.
0: done. (laughs) Like
1: Spoiler alert. It was a sad, fat dragon.
0: Robert Downey Jr. brings the dragon a shawarma plate. The dragon eats it. Day is saved. Done.
1: (laughs) In the same vein... Tony Stark shows up in this movie strangely enough. Bam. To bring to bring a curry plate to the dragon cuz he knows he likes spicy foods and it will also clear out his ass. Bam, done.
0: <laughs> Bam, done. Jesus Christ, man. But so anyone that listens to the show, any of my fan, my friend base cuz I don't have a fan base I don't think, but my my friend group, my core my core peeps Yo knows dudes that I, my, my, my dudes And that's not gender specific Cause we're all dudes Um I, I fucking hate Kathleen Kennedy I want her out of Lucasfilm I don't want her working in the industry Like She's not ruining Star Wars But she's trying her best And I, I just want something fresh This is the only drama that I buy into I will do whatever I can To see someone else take her position so now that we've got that out of the way, sure. um, you know, we've I I, I think I, I think Disney knows that Kevin Feige's the guy. So if he has got the time and the drive, let that man do whatever he wants.
1: Just I mean just at this p- point it's just him reading and reviewing shit and going, That's good, that's a terrible idea. Do it this way. We need yeah. this director. That guy's I mean, perfect. Like, Cast him
0: just just pay that man to show up to work every day and let him decide what he's doing
1: like full oh, uh, full complete control holy shit
0: today today i think i'm going to go help i'm going to go to the set of the new han solo movie i'm just going to sit in just give him some critiques they're doing some some apparently some really important scenes uh, i'm going to give them some feedback and, and, and just kind of see how that's playing out all right cool um, tomorrow, the day after that, he might show up and say, uh, "I'm just gonna take uh, twenty or thirty writers have pitches for new material. I'm just gonna sit in my office and and read through those scripts. Uh, if you need me, buzz me. I'll be I'll be in my office. You know, cool. All right, do your thing. Like, just fucking pay that man.
1: I think they do. I think that I think that he is like." If I was fucking Feige, here, here's like the ultimate play. You want to know what I would do? If I was Feige as Marvel and Disney is funneling me all this money for all my ideas and concepts and Star Wars and everything else, I would just accrue money and keep slowly buying Disney stock as Kevin Feige. Yeah. Until at some point, oh, shit, Kevin Feige has 51% of the Disney stock. Well, how did that happen? Wasn't that something? And now he's like the fucking keeper of nerddom, man. Right the gatekeeper of fucking nerddom is Kevin Feige also do you think Kevin Feige's possible involvement in Star Wars now that Star Wars is not the original trilogy sequel prequel trilogy saga will start including cameo appearances of George Lucas in future Star Wars movies a la Mm Stanley? he's gonna play the character Lucas the Hutt
0: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no.
1: But it, he looks like Jabba the Hutt, but it's got George Lucas's face on Jabba the Hutt, and he talks normal. He doesn't talk Huttese. He talks in English. So he's, like, sitting there, and he's like, and you know in the original Star Wars trilogy, my original concept was to do it this way. Anyways. Speaking of Star Wars movies that are never going to happen, I don't think we covered this yet. Would you... You saw the pictures. You've heard the news. We've confirmed some stuff about what could have been.
0: You 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 took us right where I was going to take us next. Uh, the Colin Trevorrow episode nine duel of the fates. This concept art is incredible. The script, what what little bit I have read of the script, is incredible.
1: I didn't know the script had been released at all or any portion, so you'll need to portions send that to
0: me. of it. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to I'll have to dig it up and send it to you.
1: I would love to read from that. But like I will say that the, the the just just the ten or so concept art design pictures we got of moments in the movie that could have happened were enough to make me feel like I've seen that version of this movie. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I know anything at all what he actually was planning as far as the story was concerned. But they were just, okay, first of all, let's just talk about things that highlight that I absolutely loved seeing this concept art. I loved there was one specific scene of one of the Star Destroyers overlooking a city. Mm -hmm. And it had like almost an Independence Day-esque vibe, like kind of callback to it, but felt super just like... Holy shit, you felt the weight of that moment in that picture. Loved oh, yeah. loved the um, kylo Ray duel with lightsabers where Rey has a double-sided lightsaber a la Darth Maul, mm-hmm. but it is a blue-sabered, uh, double-bladed saber.
0: I like that in the concept art, she's wearing the black outfit that Luke wears in Return of the Jedi. Yep. Uh, you know, Buckles uh, Buckles pointed out the <clears throat> the the panel that is Luke bare-handing fucking Kylo Ren's lightsaber like hey now fucking that's badass.
1: Yeah, presumably Force Ghost?
0: No, I was just thinking that he was channeling Force power into his hand and that's why it wasn't annihilating his flesh.
1: Okay. Okay. I like it. Uh, and then, of course, the the moment that like, it like, legitimately made me teary-eyed was the final one of that concept was an older Leia putting something into BB-8, kind of oh, how yeah. she did the message for Obi-Wan in R2-D2 in the first movie. Um, obviously, that didn't get to play out because you know, Carrie Fisher passed away before that did that maybe also have something to do with Colin Trevorrow's removal from the movie? I don't know, but, uh, I, I this is one of those instances, man. Like I'm utterly baffled at the fact we'll never see this movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you, in this concept art, we get a duel between Kylo Ren and Darth Vader.
1: Thank you. That was another one I wanted to bring up. Yeah, definitely probably a dream sequence or a vision, you know, kind of how Rey has against herself. But I fucking love that they were, like, the Trevorrow's idea was to pull Vader, to have a Vader-Kylo face off. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, all in all, just the different arts. I also loved the different um, art sequences of the Rebellion and some of, like, the at-ats that looked like mm-hmm. they were maybe from Endor. Uh, they had kind of Endorian markings on them. Or the forest moon thereof, uh, where the Ewoks are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, there were just so many subtle ideas that just blow my mind. I w- Oh, oh, another one. AP brought this up. Hux sapukuing himself with a lightsaber.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Oh. Like knowing that it's over and that he's lost. That's brutal. Maybe it was just a little too dark. Maybe Disney just didn't have the balls to go that dark. Even though they went kind of dark.
0: I I don't know, man. I I think that after reading, I I, I did send you the link for that script thing. Oh sweet! Um, but um, I I mean I think that if we're looking at what we got versus what we could have got, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. We don't know how the production cycle would have went. We don't know how any of this would have happened. You know, we might not have get, gotten anything even remotely close to this concept art. But man, this concept art and, and the the portions of the script that I've read and everything that it said, like hand, like hand over fist better than what we got with episode nine. Like no questions asked. Um... I mean, just just better in every way. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't even know really what to say. Like, I, I'm going to read a couple things here real quick.
1: Do you want to read us the fucking alleged opening crawl from his script? Because holy shit,
0: <laughs> everything that's in gray. In gray Is that you, Uh.
1: No, it just there was just a section in the first part of this that just says that uh, here's the opening crawl. I'm
0: looking, looking. Okay. The iron grip of the First Order has spread to the farthest reaches of the galaxy. Only a few scattered planets remain unoccupied. Traitorous acts are punishable by death. Determined to suffocate a growing unrest, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren has silenced all communication between neighboring systems. Led by General Leia Organa, the Resistance has planned a secret mission to prevent their annihilation and forge a path to freedom. In Vader's temple, Kylo finds a Sith holocron, which reveals a hologram of Palpatine. Recording is for Vader. Palpatine has a contingency for Vader if Luke kills him. Vader is to take Luke to the Rem- Remnacor system to see Torvalum, master of Sith and Palpatine's
1: teacher. Interesting, but I think that would—is Torvalum the name of Plagius?
0: No, like the- in, in the I, so in the script it was written under the the pretense that, uh, like Torvalum was an original Sith lord who basically just hermited himself and was just doing Sith stuff. And sur- he survived the Old Republic, basically. And then after Palpatine kills uh, Darth Plagueis, Torvalum gets involved because he sees the potential that Palpatine has. Who, Like... Oh. Like... So I'll read this little chunk here. Kylo Ren Ren remains the big bad of the piece, although Rey still strives to turn him back to the light. Kylo finds himself haunted by Luke's ghost, who keeps trying to convince his former apprentice to resist the dark side once and for all. A notion Kylo scoffs at. At some point, Kylo's face gets damaged again, and Mandalorian armor is smelted and, and has been basically grafted to his face.
1: Whoa. I mean... So, he has Beskar applied to his face? Basically. Whoa.
0: Or Durasteel, either one. I mean... (sighs) Yeah.
1: Goes on to say, Luke's ghost also keeps appearing to Rey, who continues to train to be a Jedi, while also being overwhelmed with self-doubt. It seems that Kylo Ren telling her that she's descended from dead nobodies has really messed up her mind and sapped her confidence. But Rey's stand-alone nature is also part of her strength. During a conversation with Leia, the General says, You're not like my father or my brother. You're new. Whatever happens, remember the Force chose you, Ray. Your story isn't written by anyone else. Ooh. Cool. Uh, beyond all this, the story has what you might expect. Planet jumping, side missions, the works, Rose, Finn, R2-3PO. Go off on a mission, Ray, Poe, Chewbacca. Go off on another mission, Leia turns Lando and asks if he will organize smugglers and fight the First Order. Finn starts a citizen's uprising on Coruscant around the First Order Citadel Palace. And at some point, Rey fights and defeats the Knights of Ren. Oh, that would have been dope. Yeah. Before the story ends, there's one final twist. It turns out Kylo Ren killed Rey's parents, having been ordered to do so by Snoke. A big fight ensues between Rey and Kylo, which is the force ghost of Luke. Obi-Wan and Yoda all show up and try to turn Kylo from the dark side back to the light. Sadly, it doesn't work. Kylo Ben Solo Ren dies or as the script puts it he is extinguished the resistance triumphant the first order is finally defeated yes damn that would have been a saucy boy I'd have been all about that movie yes Fuck. so
0: like you see this and it's like what we've seen episode nine Okay. Correct. You and I both enjoyed it. Correct. And and then you see you see this script, or portions of the leaked script. I'll have I, I found a bigger version. I'll have to see if I can dig it up. But so we can we can mildly compare the two, and it's not apples to apples, so it's not one for one. We can't be. Uh, we're being a little bit subjective here, but like. There were moments in the rise of Skywalker that carried a lot of weight where I looked at you in the theater and you could tell I was visibly pissed um or shocked you know, just sh- yes shocked is a better is a better word you know there was moments where you and I looked at each other and we were just we were on cloud 9 man cuz we cuz this is star wars and then much like the casino scene from Uh, The Last Jedi, there were other things that didn't necessarily make sense or need to be in The Rise of Skywalker, and you read just these little snippets that we just talked about, and it's just like my mind is going like three million miles an hour because just the little bit that that we've read carried so much more weight than the entirety of episode nine.
1: I mean, not only that, though, it has um, greater purpose. And I and it is interesting to note on the article you sent me, the script was dated like two weeks before Carrie Fisher's death. Mm-hmm. So interesting to note that she was obviously going to be a much bigger part, had a bigger role. This is obviously something that was not planned. Uh, but, man, uh, I will say one thing that I feel le- kind of gets left down is Kylo should have either, like, it would have been a little bit doper if Kylo would have got the holocron message for Vader, figured out he could resurrect Snoke, and then resurrected Snoke, and then Snoke, out of gratefulness, like, teaches him how to never die. So then Mm -hmm. Ben, quote-unquote, dying and being, quote-unquote, extinguished doesn't actually happen. It's a, you know, kind of like what we got with Rise of Skywalker. He's not really dead. Dig it. (laughs) Yeah. So... Anyways, Nate and Tyler for the next Star Wars trilogy, pen us. We'll write. It'll be yeah, good. Yeah,
0: we, we we will make it happen.
1: That'd be an interesting. Uh, maybe we should just write uh, our own Star Wars trilogy and then just send it to them and be like, "Hey, make this. We'll do it."
0: Yeah, we don't have to. We don't have to direct. Just pay us for our script.
1: Come on, Feig. <laughs> it's Figgy No, it's Feig. Well, now I'm definitely not doing it. Oh, son of a bitch.
0: I'm going to call it I'm going to call him Feige and then just get like cross both boxes off there.
1: Or what if we just call him Fergie?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: oh shit, I, I had to.
0: You just made me picture Kevin Figgy like in a board meeting like getting mad, jumping up on the table like Tom Cruise and just pissing his pants like Fergie on stage. Jesus. <laughs>
1: I am rage pissing. What are you doing right now? Pissing my pants, do you mind? (laughs) Well, I guess I guess I don't mind. Sorry. (laughs) Don't
0: don't slow your roll, man. I'll I'll leave. Shit.
1: Like, do you just want to go in the corner? There's a potted plant. (laughs) No, I'm fine doing it right here on the fucking desk. (laughs) Puddly goodness. (laughs)
0: Jesus.
1: <laughs> and then he just sits down in it Aww. <laughs> And now Kevin Feige has become A four year old toddler
0: <laughs> Oh shit man uh, Fergie does what Fergie wants I'm the master
1: After he sits down in the piss he's like I made a movie today <laughs> <laughs> I want a brownie Someone bring me some popcorns. I did an accident. <laughs> They're like, that wasn't an accident. You literally stood up and said you were rage pissing. I know and that was the accident.
0: Oh man, that was good. Oh, p- God, that was good. That was a good that was a good laugh.
1: Oh shit. I oh, felt man. that
0: one in my bones.
1: Yeah, yeah, I needed that. Oh. Ugh. Dude, <laughs> is, there, is there anything else? Uh, in our craziness, that we need to di- divulge to our listener base before we go.
0: No, I, I I do. As far as the the Colin Trevorrow things, I I would I would if if Disney were to listen to me, um, just on like here is some constructive criticism. Here is a little bit of feedback. Uh, the Colin Colin Trevorrow, especially with this script that he has here, um, you need to give this man a Star Wars movie. Because the one that he should have had is good, um, but I feel like the script here and kind of his vision had real, uh, like a lot of potential. So, you know, we're looking at all these directors that are going to get Star Wars projects. You know, Taika Waititi definitely should get one. I think that unanimously we can agree. One hundred percent. Ryan Johnson. Mm, i think he should i I think we should give him a shot uh i think jj should be done making star wars uh not not because he did
1: bad yeah
0: not 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 because i dislike yeah not because i dislike jj abrams but like you said he he has he's done his time um i think that um god what the hell's his name uh, Ron Howard the, Ron Howard thank you I think I think we should give Ron Howard another chance
1: totally and, yes the solo sequel
0: yep yep let, let let Ron Howard not necessarily redeem himself because that movie you know it, it's shortcomings wasn't necessarily his fault you know he got dealt a bad hand there but Colin Trevorrow has like he's got Star Wars kind of figured out I feel like so give give that guy a chance
1: Here's here's my all-star team move. Feige takes over for Kennedy. She's gone. Feige's now in the head position. He then gives uh, Favreau kind of a, you know, Louis Esposito executive producer role type thing and says, okay, here we're here we're going to do. And they say, okay, we're going to do a new saga, a totally new saga, original story. doesn't matter where the people that we say, like, we're not going to say anything other than that we want something new. Mm-hmm. We want these three people to be a part of the project. And I'm, when I say them, you're going to be like, oh, that's a dream team. It's going to be Colin Trevorrow, Chris Miller, and Phil Lord.
0: Yep, you got me.
1: The three denounced folks who didn't get a chance to show their visions off in a movie together. In and in, in, in obviously, if you say, look, if it's good, we can make this a, a trilogy for sure. If it mm-hmm. sucks, you're dead to us.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you might not say you're dead to us, but I mean, yeah, you're dead
1: to us. P- pretty much. You're good as dead to us cuz I mean, you got no chance. You got no shot. If if you're denounced from two Star Wars movies, you're toast. Your career is probably toast too at that point. But I yeah, think I they deserve say. a chance to show their vision for sure.
0: 100% agree.
1: Fucking A, bro. All right, well, is there anything else we want to dive into before we roll out? Nope, we got it. We got it.
0: We did it. We've two, done almost it. Almost two hours. We've done it. I can't. Be- I can't
1: believe heaven. we've done this. We've done it, Captain. I've crapped my pants again.
0: <laughs> Rage duty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Before we get out of here, folks, like I said earlier, make sure to check out journeyintocomics.com on your different devices and whatnot. If you prefer to just listen to podcasts as they come out, get us on Apple Music, Podbean, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, iTunes, many others. Just search Journey Into Comics Network. Get us all on one feed. It's what you'll need. We also have patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Give us a buck so we can give a fuck. We need that money. I ain't being funny. All right. I think that's going to do it. T.Y., you got anything else to add before we roll out officially?
0: Nope. We we did it.
1: All righty, folks. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Journey Into Comics. 280. Big brain, Sith. I've been Nate.
0: And I've been Tyler.
1: And as always, pop your caps back and fill your big brains with shit. Later, guys.
0: Later.